0: Welcome to Return On Life Podcast, your source for achieving financial and life freedom through real estate. I'm your host, Randy Dick, and on this show, we interview some of the rising stars in the real estate world. They're going to share their secrets to living a life with purpose, meaning, and fulfillment while crushing their goals. So whether you're just starting out on your journey, or you've been walking for a while, this is for you. Get ready to build your legacy, empower your leadership, and get more return on life. Hi there, everyone. This is Randy Dick on the Return on Life podcast. And today I have an amazing guest, Megan Walters from Columbia, Missouri, which is in between Kansas City and St. Louis. And of course, uh, my guests are always amazing. But uh, Megan's got some really great insight on return on life. I know we always chase the return on investment, but we got to chase that return on life as well. So um, Megan, share a little bit about who you are, what you do, how long you've been doing whatever, and anything you think is important for today.
1: Yeah. So um, I started in real estate when I was 22, um, graduated from University of Missouri, Kind of got in by sheer accident. I actually wanted to be a loan officer. Veterans United is um, based out of Columbia. And so everyone here works there. Um, I had like 80 grand in student loan debt. And so that seemed like the smart route was to go get a salary and benefits. Um, And well, I went and got hired and then I failed the exam three times by one point
0: um and three times by one point one
1: point yeah because um, unlike the real estate exam it showed you your percentage and if, it was like a maybe a 72 or something that was passing and every time you would see the little circle it gives you anxiety and then it said 71 or whatever the one point underneath was and it just was like the biggest and I'm I'm very um stubborn naturally and hard-headed and so I had to keep going and going but you can only take it three times until you have to wait. I can't remember how many months. At that point, I had already actually been approached by a couple of real estate firms here. And they had told me you should be in real estate. You should be in real estate. I was like, no, I can't do that with debt. Like that makes no sense. Um, But either way, so after that third time, was too stubborn. Went and took the real estate exam because I had already taken the class when I was in college, just kind of because. Went and took the exam and passed on my first try. And so that's kind of how my entry into real estate, it was kind of just stars aligned and doors opened, jumped both feet in. Um, I was with a firm called House of Brokers for quite a few years until actually just recently when I went to EXP late last year. Um, And then that's kind of where then the Walters team was born. We uh, left that firm and then, yeah, I went to EXP, started growing our team um, with the new capabilities that we had, and there are now five of us. Yeah, four full time agents, and then one marketing manager and photographer. Um, and yeah, yeah, loving it ever ever since.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome! And your husband also works with you, correct on the team? <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. So he is, um, we, his title we gave him was the investment specialist. So since we own quite a few rentals and he really likes the investment side, we own a property management firm. That's definitely his baby um, to be able to, yeah, we've been working alongside each other through real estate. And then yeah, through the same time of when I started real estate, we also started a coffee roastery. And just last year, um, yeah, we were acquired by a larger entity. So he has a little bit more free time. And then, yeah, hopped into real estate full-time just here recently, too.
0: Wow. So uh, by selling the uh, roastery, you actually have more return on life. Yeah. Or Jesse does anyways. Yeah, Jesse for sure <laughs> does.
1: I did, too. They uh, I had to finally bow out of coffee probably a year before we sold it. I was all full-time... Um, like the marketing i would do all their marketing i roasted too so i would be writing up contracts and roasting coffee and people would be like what's that noise in the background and i'm like no don't worry about it it's just massive coffee roaster um and so it was it was a lot of fun um we learned a lot but yes when we sold there was a lot more hours spent away from a coffee roaster and in front of our clients which was nice
0: uh right on So in life, there's always these crucible moments, these big moments that are not always fun when you're in them, Mm -hmm. um, but they seem to really give us a lot of lessons as we move forward in our journey of life. Is there any that come to your mind that really significantly shaped and changed who you are or shaped the way you do business and maybe actually brought out more return on life as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really the beginning of my business is probably the part where, I mean, there are still continuously struggles even being where we're at today, but the struggles of being $22, $0 to your name and a $900 student loan payment coming at you every single month while trying to get married and start the two businesses. There was something during that that part of our life that one taught me in money management, like nobody's business, but taught you a lot about like humility and kind of beginnings. Um, I had an amazing family growing up, but I definitely didn't come from money. Um, so everything that I've done is through our hard work, honestly. So having that beginning has made me very grateful of really the journey and then where we are now. And it's a very humble way for me to look back. Um, and to be able to really shape and process then kind of moving forward as I, as we grow and develop and making sure that we don't ever lose sight of that.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's, um, that's incredible. Um, Do, so looking back, do you think your past, you said you come from a great family, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe a little bit tight on funds at times. Mm -hmm. Do you think that made you better today? Or do you think there's some things that maybe still limit you in some ways because of the past? It's definitely,
1: I would say make me better because it made me hungry. It made me want to work. Um, I mean, I love both my parents dearly, but I mean, money was a huge argument in the household growing up and I saw it all the time. Um, And so it definitely made me, I think, want to like make sure and provide as I grow family and as I get to that point of adulthood, like that I didn't want to have that. Um, And then with the student debt, just being there, I mean, Jesse, my husband and I, we made a lot of sacrifices because of my student loan debt and because of the businesses. I'm going to be 30 next year. You know, we don't have kids like our, we joke that our businesses have been our kids. And so my, my whole thing is that my 20s was meant for me to just can I cuss on here? I cuss a lot. Sure. Okay, my 20s was meant for me to work my ass off. Um, and so for me, all of that shaped how I saw my 20s was because I wanted to live my 20s like nobody else, mm-hmm. which was working the way that we do. So then I can live my 30s and 40s like no one else and not have to then have that same stressor that I saw in the household growing up. So it, it did shape a lot for me, and I think really made help develop my work ethic. And even though my parents, they, till this day, they're always like, they feel terrible about it. They, whatever I tell them, like, honestly, like I'm extremely grateful. Like, even though it was negative way back then for all of us, um, it helped shape who I am. And I think coming from a humble beginning and coming from nothing and seeing it grow is for me, at least a hundred times more satisfying than just being handed everything.
0: Mm Hmm. And that fits right into our podcast, Return on Life, because a lot of people just want to play now. And then at one time, or at some point, they're going to start paying for it. And it sounds like you're doing the pay now, play later approach, which is, uh, I think the way to do it, that's the way I've always done it as well. I'm going to work really, really hard. So one day I can just say, hey, I've got enough investments. I've got enough cash flow. I've got enough you know, return on investment that I can have a return on life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still investing, you're investing a fair bit in real estate. It sounds like you've got lots of holdings. Mm-hmm. What was that going yeah. out for you?
1: It's going really good. We've got about six stores now. Uh, yeah, six. Yeah, six stores now. Um, I mean, it's just been a very natural. I mean, I think just in the real estate industry, you just see that you see it. And being from the area, the numbers just always are very clear for me um but it's going really really well it's it's hard cuz this is probably like the always the tricky part is you work with clients you know you help them achieve like they've been saving up for their house their dream home they're so excited i'm so excited for them but then i sit there and you can't help but play the comparison game because i don't live in my dream house i still live like extremely well beneath our means because i'm putting all my money to rentals <laughs> and so i it's a it's a chicken and the egg kind of like thought there but um, it's going really, really well. I would say like, it kind of goes back to what you just said though. We were talking about it this morning is I'm like, every time we go and buy a rental, since I'm so aggressive with it, I'm like, I know that 40, 50 year old me is going to love 20 year old me. Um, mm-hmm. like, but 20 year old me, it's like, man, I really wish that we could get our dream house or this or that. Cause that's what you help people do all day. Yeah. Um, but I know that yes, just like you said, like the return on life, like, here in a few years you'll finally kind of feel it pay off but right now it's in that growing stage to where you see a deal you've saved the money or you found the different kind of financing that we can and yeah so it goes to that
0: fantastic um what's your daily schedule look like in order to have the success you're having what do you do on a daily basis
1: yeah. So um, it's a joke around my team. Um, I wake up at about 4 a.m. every single day. Um, I'm very I'm very routine. i very strict. I wake up at four. Um, so does Jess. We work out together. We have a personal trainer, but we also have a gym at home. So we do that every single day. We have our coffee and breakfast time together. That's kind of when it's you know, we do go like on date nights and stuff, but that's really kind of like our time. And then normally kind of start hitting the ball about 6 a.m., <laughs> 6, 6.30, um, we're both, even if it's just still at home, we start working. Uh, my appointments, obviously, just with anybody in real estate, they're kind of scattered um, throughout the day. But I always kind of tell the girls, my goal is to have everything through my CRM, all my emails, everything is normally done before 9 a.m. Because my goal is always, I wanted to get the ball out of my court and into the other parties before they were even really up and drinking their coffee. So then this way, I have the entire day, go do all the appointments, go do whatever it is that I'm doing um, for work to then be able to be a step ahead. And so... Then I'm in bed by about 8 p.m. 7:30 to 8. So that's where my girls are. They're starting to kind of get onto a little bit more of the schedule with me. But I mean, they're they're up till like midnight, and I'm like, don't text me past eight because I won't reply. So yeah, yeah, up early and in bed, or or up early and then in bed early. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Has your schedule always been, or have you always been an early riser, or is this something that's just?
1: no i've always been as long as i can ever remember i always woke up early but both my parents did they worked a ton so i think just them always being up made me get up i played um, competitive sports all my entire life and so practice things like that were always very early in the morning so yeah i've never been able to sleep in
0: yeah well you uh you beat me i'm i'm usually up at five but um, nobody needs to set an alarm i'm just it doesn't matter what day it is 5 a.m i'm awake I don't know about you, but I can go back to sleep. If it's a weekend and I don't need to up, I can find a way to go back to sleep. But, uh, but I'm, I'm jealous. Ready.
1: No, I can't. Jesse can. Jesse, like on a Saturday, like if he doesn't have appointments or anything, I'll be up. And he's like, and he can go back to sleep. And I'm like, okay, but what do I do now? Like I'm up. And so, mm-hmm. so maybe he doesn't go back to sleep because then I'd pester him and don't let him, but
0: what's the sports you played? I played soccer. Okay.
1: Yep. That was my, that was my thing.
0: Cool. I know you've made some changes in the last year, Mm -hmm. uh, moving to eXp. What have you learned in the last year? Um, And we could probably even push that back. You know, it's been a crazy last two, three years, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe some of the things that you've brought forward in the last two to three years that you've learned.
1: Mm. Big one was um, self-branding. I took a trip up to New York last April and the Searhand brokerage. And I learned a whole ton from him um, on self-branding. And I was kind of already struggling with that with my last brokerage is a lot of the old brokerage models are, I always kind of use the uh, example of color inside the lines. It's like, here are your lines, Megan, color inside of it. And I was already struggling because I was like, like doodling over here. And, you know, like they had their colors, they had their schemes, they had their signs. And I'm like, yes, but I want to do this. And it didn't help that I own another business. So I knew creative freedom through self-branding through that. Um, and I really wanted that. For real estate. I wanted to make my own signs. I wanted my own team name. I wanted all of that. And I didn't realize how important it was until probably when I went up to New York and I learned from agents from all over the country. That was not the first time I was introduced to EXP, but it was definitely a very prominent time since no one around here had knew what EXP was and it wasn't a thing here. But I started really learning how important that self-branding is because the fact of it matters. The relationships with the agent, not with the brokerage. And I find you, if I constantly kept marketing somebody else's business, essentially, I mean, that's not mine. And, um, so that was a big one for me and understanding that freedom and then being able to move over to EXP, being able to design my own signs, like that stands out. And our business has only grown because of its standing out. It's not looking like every single person's, it gets to look like us. So that was probably a huge thing. It's something I think I always knew, but when I finally made a trip essentially outside of here and put myself with New York agents, I mean, it was like when you really saw it and you're like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this question fits right into that. So success mm-hmm. is often because of proximity of power. Mm. So being in the right room, the right time, and it sounds like that was the right time, the right play for you. How does family, friends, business partners, acquaintances mm. into that, is that a big part of it as well?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, my team, like Autumn was on the team. I had already hired her, she was my first hire. She was with me in New York. So, and she's a she's a teammate, but she's also a good, an amazing friend. And so, having her, and then, like Jesse's like support and through all of it, I mean, yeah, my friends and family and teammates, I mean, they're like everything to me. Uh, they know that i'm there's times where I'm timid to do the things that I do, but they're always sitting there going, "No, no, you can do it." And then even through it, they'll be the ones that will tell me to maybe calm down a few notches, but they'll also be the ones to say to me, "Okay, kick it up a few notches too." So, um, I'm really close with all my family. Um, I consult on them with everything. Um, and then Jesse's always been my business partner. We did have a business partner in our coffee business. That's no longer with us. Um, and that was a big learning experience as well, <laughs> but, but yeah, partnerships,
0: no. partnerships are just huge. Yeah. Learning curves, good and bad. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. but Yeah. No, they're, they're pretty pivotal people in my life. Yeah.
0: Fear is is, a, is often brought up. Is fear a friend, a foe, or a motivator for you?
1: A little bit of all. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a huge motivator, especially at the beginning. My student loan debt and seeing that payment come every month. I mean, that will motivate you like nobody's business. I don't know. It can also, it can hinder. I think at this point, it's more of like the hindering versus like the beginning um, because it's kind of like, I don't know, doing new things is really fun and it's really exciting. But at the same time, I mean, it does, it can bring the fear and the insecurity of your peers and people around you. But I would say that's a very small, small, mm-hmm. little small piece. But I would be lying if I said it wasn't, if yeah. it didn't sometimes.
0: So uh, I often say that God only gave me a couple of gifts, a couple of superpowers, so to speak. Um, what are some of your special gifts that you have? What are some superpowers that you have that fit into return on life?
1: Um, I'd say communication was probably a big one for me. Um, I love people. I love communicating and listening and then finding out like those problems. And, um, that that's probably, I would say definitely a big one would be just the act of communication with different personalities. Um, that's what makes obviously real estate can be tricky. Um, is if you don't know how to adjust to all the different types of personalities that you meet mm-hmm. can be really hard and a stressful job. That's a big one. And then I, I don't know where I quite, I mean, I have an idea of where I get my work ethic from, but I know my work ethic is definitely what's pushes and drives most everything. Um, my faith. I'm. I would say actually, I mean, if anything, my faith is my first. I don't always say that out loud, but <laughs> my faith is my first. And I think that that has shaped pretty much most most everything that we've done.
0: Awesome. So with those, with those, when did you know you had those gifts? Gift of communication, was there a moment? Was there a time? Your work ethic, mm-hmm. um, faith? These are all things that you can probably pinpoint a day, a time, a moment, a situation. I don't know if you want to share on any of those, but.
1: <laughs> My faith, I mean, that one was within... Eight years, seven years, (laughs) I can say that. Um, I was atheist when I met Jesse. Yeah. So (laughs) it was, uh, that was a big part. And prior to actually coming to know God, I was scared of everything. Like everything scared me. I allowed everything to get to me. And he is so calm and collected.
0: There's your gift. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it drove me nuts because I was like, how are you so calm? Why does nothing bother you? And he said, because it's, it's what my foundation is based on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, What does that even mean? And so, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that, that's definitely, I mean, that was about seven right around when we were getting married. And then really, I didn't, honestly, I didn't actually know I had a work ethic until probably about a year ago, maybe a year, two years ago, when I started kind of seeing the work payoff, the growth, the sales, the, like the awards, things like that. That's when I noticed, I was like, oh. What you're doing and how you work is not actually how everybody works. It There's something different to it. And that's when I started noticing that the work ethic and then Um, kind of hearing other people talk, you can kind of start kind of putting that together in communication. I I think that's just always been there. I think going through arguments with my parents at a young age, I was an only child. So I think I just grew up a little bit quicker um, and was in just a little bit more of like adult situations at a young age. But all that, I think, helped shape then communication. So I think that's always been there. But bartending probably helped tremendously too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Of course, I would think that you'd probably bet on yourself in every situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not um always a pro because when you grow a team, it's actually is a hard thing to let go and to put that trust and the faith in other people that they're going to do the same thing as that you either want or the same way that you would do it. So Yes, I will bet on myself that's a pro but it can also be it can be a con I can hinder a team for sure and so that's been a big learning curve this past year when I grew is learning how to let my ego go and let people mm-hmm. who can step in and actually do it and do it better than myself. Have that right.
0: Wow, that's an amazing thing you said let my ego go, you know, meet so many business so well to do business owners business people that struggle with that and to come to that realization that is uh, such a mature, mature place. So I commend you on that. Was that hard? Was that hard to get there?
1: Oh, it's the daily choice. (laughs) It's. I think, I mean, I know how I'm wired. I'm, I'm wired stubborn and I'm wired wanting to just be a go-getter. And through that, I know that my hard point is ego 100% and my the people I've put around me my team we are extremely transparent and they know it and I will be very blunt I'm like I want to answer it like this but my ego wants to answer it like this so how can we solve it to where we're not feeding my ego but we are coming to a mutual kind of agreement And so I do very much so communicate out loud when I know it might be ego versus logic, or I don't know, I, we, we'd brainstorm on it a lot because it's there, but it is a daily choice. I have to choose daily to realize that this isn't, and I tell them my wording is this isn't the Megan show. This is us. Like this is us as a team. We're Mm -hmm. growing together. We're going to be together and we're going to do this together. This isn't just. Megan prancing around selling houses and like that's not what I even want. Like, I've...
0: how did you find that? How did you get there? Like, this is such an important lesson. I think our listeners need to hear. How did you? How did you get there? Mm-hmm. Yourself personally, mm. be that that um, transparent, that authentic with the people around you.
1: A couple of different ways. One, seeing the other way. Seeing other agents be the opposite. And know that, and not even just agents, business owners, seeing how other leaders lead and knowing that that's not who I am, even though if I might have internal tendencies that would be similar and could be similar if I leaned into it. And having that honesty with myself, just knowing that I could have that tendency to do it. But then seeing honestly how that type of leader doesn't actually shape and motivate others. They scare others. It's a hierarchy. And that's another big thing that we talk about on our team is I'm not creating a hierarchy. I'm creating a team. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. We're side by side and constantly bringing yourself down and putting yourself on that level is what has helped. But seeing other people do it in a way that was not motivating to me, um, that I didn't believe was the most loving approach. That was a big lesson. I've had tons of life lessons, to be honest, and personal. Um, I've lost my best friend a couple of years ago and mm. a really tragic accident. And that has shaped a ton of who I am as a person, how I see life, how I see people. And yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously a negative, miss her daily, but there's a ton of positives that have come out that have sh- shaped how I view and lead um, to be able to make sure that I'm making that impact on others too.
0: Mm. Wow, yeah, there's um, those big moments in life that really teach us so much. So return on life, you know, when we were children, life was just so full and so big, and it wasn't about the investment side of things. And I always say there's two gifts that we're given as children that are just so amazing. And Those two gifts are curiosity (laughs) and imagination. Mm -hmm. Somehow, as life keeps plugging along and we get busier and older, you seem to somehow forget about curiosity and our crazy imagination, which, you know, there's no better vision board than your imagination. Mm-hmm. How do you keep those things still active and present in your life to just really allow curiosity and imagination to help you throughout the day?
1: Yeah, I think curiosity is just asking the questions. I mean, I know that I'll never understand everything and I won't always be the expert in every single topic. Um, even in the things that I'm in, I mean, still doing real estate for six, seven years now, I know that there are things that I will still encounter and plenty more to come even in with our portfolio, but asking the questions, um, even if I think I might know the answer, I still ask it because that other person has a different answer than maybe how I answered it. And even through them answering the same question, if if I knew maybe a little bit, I still learned something within their answer that I didn't know. And so the curiosity is just asking, ask a lot of questions, even people that aren't even real estate, I don't know. And then just always wanting to grow because I know that when I get those answers, I'm growing in one way or the other. That's the only way I grew in real estate was I didn't know you get your license and you really don't know how to be a real estate agent. You just know the laws and some definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to make a point to go into every single agent's office at house of brokers and be like, okay, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me about this. And then this way, when I went to an open house or to a showing, even though I didn't have all those experiences that they did, I knew them and I was able to speak, um, to somebody and, them um, have confidence in me, even those experiences weren't mine. Um, so that curiosity helped really kind of grow the imagination
0: let me let me reframe that question yeah. for you because when you think of the imagination, the imagination can think of anything, mm-hmm. everything. Like, and the imagination is only positive. Yet, yet, we go back into the depths of all our past, and we and we we lean on those past experiences because that's what we know. And we mm-hmm. go, well, oh, that's solid ground. That's whatever it is, good or bad but the imagination could be anything
1: mm-hmm. and I think we
0: really don't allow our imagination to work. Cause when we were children, we could be anything we want. One day I, I was an astronaut. The next day I was a firefighter. The next day I was, a you know, a downhill gold medalist, you know, <laughs> and today we just, well, I'm just going to be this good realtor.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say like, for me, seeing what other like successful business owners do, like, it helps kind of spark my imagination. It can be even like just different businesses that have nothing to do with real estate. It's just, what is it that they're doing? I really like that. How can I twist it to where it's my own, but then it's also applicable to mine. That would be, I think a lot of ways that I'll get kind of like inspiration for things that are different. Um, Reading, honestly, like Mm -hmm. reading, like, reading like, uh, like mystery books, like things that are not like a business development book. I try, when I get burnt out from all the business development books and all that, I make myself like read mystery, um, or just something. And through that, I don't know how, but a lot of times like, that's how like, I can tell like my imagination. It's kind of like a muscle, like kind of like when you're working out, like you're kind of reading like these like books and I don't know that kind of, that sparks a lot of imagination for me.
0: Right on. So this is a great question off that, too. Who is the best in the world at what you do that you would like to rip off and duplicate? <laughs> so you've been you've seen Ryan in New York. Mm-hmm. Is there others out there that you go, gosh, uh, I'm going to aim for that?
1: Yeah, well, I met him. He actually came. We had a mastermind here, Columbia, back in March and he was one of our speakers. And I knew about him through like mutual people, but I didn't know all, everything about him, I guess, until I met him um, and got to see more about his business. But his name's Wade Giles, the, from the Giles Group in Austin, Texas. He's a very inspiring person and agent, um, but their marketing's amazing, but their their values and as a team are just incredible. Um, they give back to a lot of, um, amazing organizations and yeah, they're they're definitely one of them up there. Um, Ryan is another, he knows it too. (laughs) Um, I'm known to just message or email whoever and just say, Hey, I want to meet. And he's like, well, I'm having a mastermind in New York. Do you want to come here? And I said, sure. And so that's how we went to April or how we went to New York in April.
0: Okay.
1: that's literally just me emailing a stranger, but I mean, him for sure. I mean, I think he really set a whole other standard for real estate. It's different because it's New York and TV and things like that, where Columbia, Missouri is not, but, um, it give you the big kind of picture of being able to kind of then take that and scale it down to your market.
0: Yeah. Well, your vision board has what on it today? Hmm. What does it have on it? <laughs> How many more doors?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, you talked about that the other day. Um, I know our goal for the property management is we want to have 42 doors that we're managing within the next 12 months. Um for us personally, I think our, if I remember right, our goal here in like the next 12 months for ours was like maybe up to like 10. Um, and kind of see how that goes um, with along with the property management. And then eventually my dream home. I treat everyone else with their dream homes. I'd love to buy mine, but I learning a lot about vacations, (laughs) like taking a break because we don't really ever do that. And so learning how to like let go and be able to like then go like on vacation, like trusting like the team, like leaving everything with the team for you to be able to go and relax. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like on the vision board, but it kind of is in its own weird web of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's on all their vision boards too. Everybody, when we sat down with our yearly goals, almost everybody was like, I want Megan to go on a vacation and be able to actually truly disconnect. So Yeah, so I'm trying to figure that
0: out. Well, well, that's cool. I've been uh, I've been leading a team for twenty two years now. I've been a realtor for thirty one, but team lead, and they actually love it when I go away. <laughs> they're they're afraid when I come home because I usually read a couple of great books, and I want to come home and implement. So they're yeah. like, Oh no, what's he going to do this time when he comes home? But uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that. I think that uh, that'd be great to to get away. Hey, let's close it out with a couple of uh, things on the speed round. Are you ready? Okay. So favorite movie?
1: Oh gosh. Christmas Vacation.
0: Christmas Vacation. (laughs) This one ties into uh, your vision board. What do you do to let your hair down? What do you do just to like uh, chill out, take a day off? What do you do?
1: My like favorite thing is setting the phone on do not disturb and throwing it in a different room. Um, Honestly, just disconnecting from that thing is huge, but getting back in nature, whether it's hikes um, or just, just anything that involves being outside.
0: Mm. Baseball game, football game, or hockey game? Baseball. Baseball. Okay. Uh, Do you prefer text, phone, or belly to belly? Text. Text. Audible or book? Book. Okay. And this one's a little bit tricky. Um, If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, if you're a scratch and sniff sticker, what (laughs) would you be?
1: Like what smell?
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's it off and what smell would you, what would smell? So I'll I'll let you think on that. So I love being at the beach. You can see I've got water in the Mm -hmm. background. I live on the Pacific Ocean here in Vancouver Mm -hmm. and I love to kite surf and my wife and I were just beach people. So I would be a combination of the beep, you know, the sea breeze and a pina colada. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm from a
1: farming place, so I'm not gonna talk about what it smells like around here. <laughs> it's not as pretty. Um I I have a love for lavender through my mom. I love the smell of lavender. So I would say something, maybe a mix. And then honey lavender is actually my favorite ice cream. So I would say maybe like a honey lavender.
0: Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Megan, thank you so much for being an amazing guest, like just an amazing, amazing guest. So really appreciate you and uh, just wish you so much success in your business and appreciate you being on the return on life podcast.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Take care.
1: Thanks.